0: Welcome to Sound & Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the
1: host of Sound & Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound & Vision is supported by the New York Studio School. The school welcomes artists from around the world to join us this summer in New York City or virtually from your home studio in the school's legendary marathons and learn from dedicated artists and to expand as makers. Rigorous and immersive, marathons unfold over 10 days from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time daily and present a wide range of art making strategies combined with comprehensive critiques and inspirational discussions. Paradigm-shifting discoveries propel artists to relate to drawing, painting, and sculpture as direct methodologies in understanding their experience in the world, the profound impact of which continues far beyond each marathon. Generous, partial scholarships are available. Visit NYSS.org to apply today. Sound and Vision is supported by Golden Artist Colors. Golden is an employee-owned company that makes the best artist materials for making that you can get. Over the last 25 years or so, I've been using Golden acrylics, mediums, and materials, and I stand by the quality in their products. They make acrylics that stay wet longer, they dry flat, mediums to make you paint super thick and beautifully fluid. They also make Williamsburg oil paints and core watercolors as well. You can find Golden in your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com Sound and Vision is supported by the fine coffee makers at Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. Fulcrum has amazing coffee beans that you can order straight to your door. On their website, you can choose from different roasts from different origins, and you can even get a coffee subscription where you can get different beans delivered to your door each week or month. I'm on this subscription plan and it's amazing. As a coffee fanatic, getting new roasts all the time delivered fresh to the door is amazing. If you get to Seattle, you can even see a 10-foot by 40-foot mural of mine in their 6th and Bell Street shop. Check out Fulcrum Coffee Roasters at fulcrumcoffee.com. Leo Park is a painter who works and lives in Stockholm, Sweden. He holds an MFA from the Konstvac University of Arts, Craft, and Design, He has a current show up at the Hole Gallery in Tribeca. It runs through June 17th. Since his solo debut at Gallery Steinsland Berliner in Stockholm in 2021, he's participated in various international shows in Berlin, Cologne, London, New York, LA, Paris, Shanghai, Mexico City, and Taipei. He's shown in art fairs such as the Armory Show, Market Art Fair, and Zonomaco. Leo will have a solo presentation at Chart Art Fair in Copenhagen from the 24th to the 27th of August with his Swedish gallery Steinsland Berliner. I spoke with Leo about growing up in Sweden, graffiti, modernism, breakdancing, the grind of getting technical with technique, and much more. Here's our conversation. So you came. For
0: the opening yeah exactly yeah I did how was it yeah it was great it was uh, I was so happy with the you know we painted the place and yeah uh, the colored rooms yeah exactly and I mean I'm based in Stockholm and like you have these conversations via email about how you should uh, like uh, <laughs> like which colors you should choose so, so I actually i i actually asked what kind of manufacturer they ha- had the colors from so i bought that like same brand to just check the colors before i went there but you're still like nervous because you you do not gonna know how it's gonna turn out so
1: yeah yeah you don't know until you see it especially no. you can imagine a room to be pink Mm-hmm in the paintings on that pink but until you go see it yeah, because the space is so big compared to any rendering or whatever so but yeah I thought it looked great
0: yeah I loved it they, I really really loved it they did it. a good job
1: because yeah. the greens like really and the blues really popped off of that color you know I thought it was yeah really, yeah
0: and you know that's nice. the thing when you like when you paint the walls you think it's gonna like just look cool if you paint the walls but w- what you're not really considering is that Every color will be affected by this, and you really understand also why, like back in the days, they always had frames on their paintings right and you know i I could have frames, but i i i like I like them not to have frames, so if you're not having that the you know the the, the color you choose is going to be very important
1: totally yeah it's it completely reorganizes the eye on every color that you're using in your painting.
0: Yeah. yeah. But when but when it works, it works really well and it like turns into a whole new situation when you're in there. Yeah. See the works.
1: At some point they'll invent something where in the studio's the walls can just like they're like LED walls or something and you could just like hit a button and it changes the whole color of the wall. So as you're painting, you could just hypothetically switch it to red or something and see everything differently.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: <laughs> My son has these LED lights in his room, and basically, you could just change the color of the room with like your app. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But imagine like surfaces doing mm-hmm. that. You know, yeah. to where everything's just like immediately a different color. Yeah, we're not far off, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so you were um, where were you born in Sweden? Where'd you grow up?
0: Yeah, it's like I was born like on the West Coast, uh, in Gothenburg and then moved to, like, I, I grew up in a, in a town, like in a city pretty close to, to Stockholm. Oh, and then okay. moved to Stockholm when I was like, yeah, in my twenties, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And was it, um, when you were growing up, were you kind of like, I don't know, was it bucolic? Was it like a nature around and, or was it kind of like a town town?
0: Yeah, it was a kind of small. Small. I mean, compared to I don't know, it was a small. It's a small city. It's like a university town. You can say
1: right. Yeah, uh, and uh, were your were your parents creative in their work?
0: Yeah, they were. They were journalists and uh, interested in in arts and stuff like that. Also, and uh, yeah. It was around. Did you go to
1: museums and stuff whenever you were little? Like, what was your no. first art-going experiences?
0: I don't remember. We, no, not like the museums. I don't... I my, my first, like, memories about art was from books, actually. We had some books, like, art books at home. A, a few, I remember, was, like, one with M.C. Escher... And, and one with Dali, and one with, uh, it was like, uh, there's a kind of a tradition in Russia, they're called like naive painters, and they're painted, uh, you know, they painted these very saturated uh, pictures on on glass. I think it's like, I, I don't know what colors they use, but they painted it on glass, and I I think from a be- from beginning, it was like a sort of vernacular tradition. They they painted on the windows, like on the back of the windows, so you can look like a decoration on the houses. Right. And yeah, yeah. these very, very saturated uh, pictures are really, really spectacular. And we had a book with those painters. And I especially remember like a Christ, uh, like a... I don't know what the the picture is called when you had like Christ on the cross, that kind crucifixion? of crucifixion. Yeah, crucifixion image. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he is made with all these like super saturated colors, and it looks a little bit like the crucifixion by Grinewald. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. But that even even it more psychedelic, <laughs> and his yeah. muscles are like his his legs are twisted and. It's blood everywhere, and I I remember that uh, that picture very vividly
1: when I was a yeah child. I can imagine <laughs> religious iconography can be pretty heavy and like kids are exposed to that you know when you go to church and you just see you know the yeah, crucifixion yeah. and stuff that's no joke you know what I mean that's that's like real stuff at an early age mm-hmm. but it's you know a lot of times it's very epic you know.
0: Yeah, I also remember from a book we had like this uh, encyclopedia with uh, with great uh, like colored images in it and uh I remember it was I think it's Van Eyck brothers or like Van Eyck has made a a scene about heaven and hell and I remember the hell scene also very vividly. I I I couldn't just like stop staring at it. Uh And it was kind of like, uh, I don't know, this uh, kind of uh, fear and also allure and, you know, (laughs) very mixed emotions about that.
1: Right. But compelling, right? It's like when I was young, if I ever saw like a horror movie. Exactly. I remember it just having like a huge psychological visual impact on me. I remember seeing like bits of Halloween and it just scared the crap out of me, you know, but but you want to watch it but then you're afraid to watch it, and it. Yeah, some of those things have a real, you know, a, a big sort of like they burn into your brain, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's the strange thing is that it's kind of uh, it's almost like pleasure as well. Uh, as, right. as the horror mixed with pleasure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like stimulating in a weird way. Yeah, 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 but yeah.
0: And that that is probably very, very primal. Oh, you yeah. Know, definitely. Yeah. Whatever it comes from.
1: Yeah. Thousands of years of evolution or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: thousands um, of years of what hell. Ab-
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, in survival, like at, at a species level, that's what it's all about, you know. Um, what was the uh, music situation like in the home? Was there music being played in the home? Were your parents listening to stuff? Were you into music?
0: Yeah, for sure. There were, there were, uh, yeah, lots of records at home. Uh, and I was, uh, when I went, when I was becoming older, I, I, I like, look through them myself but i also like when i was a kid i sort of you know like it was lp records like vinyl so you can yeah. just take them out and look at them like yeah. this this looks very interesting uh, and i remember we had one uh craft work record you know the man machine oh, nice. records yeah yeah and totally it, yeah <laughs> and i just stared at it like, a little bit like the same feeling with a Van Eyck, like, staring at hell. I looked at that record, like, album cover, if you if you know it, if you remember how it looks like, the red one, when they stand in a staircase. And uh, I think, I thought they were looking, like, also very weird with these like, super slick haircuts and lipsticks and uh, the ties and i was also like put off but also very like attracted to it i thought it was like looking very strange and i and i of course love the music
1: uh yeah also yeah that's good stuff to be listening to early i don't think i came across across craft work until i was older you know but we had uh my friends had a lot of like i had a a bunch of friends who were really into heavy metal so they would have those iron maiden and metallica record covers which were like that wow yeah you know, skeletons and doom and gloom and stuff. and But um I had that Michael Jackson record that folded out, and it was a big sort of centerfold of him with the tiger, and I remember just, you know, just staring at that thing. I just loved that record. And it's funny, with, like, that's the thing you miss kind of nowadays without... I mean, they still have LPs, but, you know, it's not as common, but is that cover art was such a huge thing back then, you know?
0: Yeah, it's a whole like exactly a different thing and exact especially if you're like into like tactile images which i obviously was uh you know just holding something in your hand and look at it and that kind of gives you an idea of what you're like gonna hear and i also remember like speaking of michael jackson that bad cover had the same kind of effect for me as the craftwork because you couldn't understand what you're looking at. You're looking at this guy, and you couldn't really figure out what we he was like. What he was on.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 Those. It's funny. Those. I wonder how, I guess those things have a really big impact subconsciously because i remember going to my friend's birthday party which was in the mall at like this one of those amusement centers where it's like games and and they had this big video screen and i remember they were premiering michael jackson's thriller which Mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember it but you know it was like a really long it felt like a movie
0: it was amazing yeah i remember when i like when i went older i i i've seen it in the, the video yeah
1: it had a huge impact. It was the same thing that you're talking about, where it was a little creepy and weird, but also accessible because the music was so good. And I remember just being blown away by it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was a huge Michael Jackson fan when I was uh, when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> it's a, still I got into a car today and and to take an Uber and they were playing uh, off the wall and it just immediately started like whistling it in the back seat and feeling good. <laughs> it just never ends. Um so were you a drawer as a kid? Like as far as art were you always drawing and were you into or like when did you start that whole process of, you know, making stuff?
0: Yeah, kind of kind of right away, but not like uh something I I Identified, like identified with, but I definitely it was there from the beginning. Yeah, just it was just there, like among other stuff. Uh, yeah, just
1: something you do. Yeah, it wasn't like a but, career path when you're like ten years old.
0: <laughs> no, but like probably pretty early, it was like much more than, than my, like my friends. I think I I did it more. And of course, we I, I love to draw war, <laughs> like war scenes. <laughs> I still Wait, r- there's a theme here that doesn't. Yeah, yeah, probably. Well,
1: if I triangulate it with what you're doing now, I could kind of see where it could get to that. But it's it's it seemed pretty uh, heavy when you were young. <laughs>
0: yeah, we we used to uh, that we did when my, like I did with my friends you'd put these large papers and tape them together with another paper so we have the, like this. Panoramic paper, and yeah. you draw war scenes on there. Sure, like massive war scenes. That was really fun.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, and it's funny in thinking about your work and you know war. Immediately, like, was thinking of what well, my. I th- I'm pretty. I I think I could say this with confidence that my favorite painting ever is Guernica. Mm -hmm. i think it's number one of all time yeah and uh you know the the complexity and the yeah just what a painting and again another one of those images that are it's brutal you know it's just an awful story the when you learn about you know the symbols in it it's a really tough painting but so powerful and it is also beautiful you know it's 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 whimsical as well, so it's got like all those elements. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever get to see that painting in person?
0: No, I never been. uh, I never been to Spain, I think, at all. Uh, Yeah. And I would really go to want to go to Prado because they have. No, is it in Prado the Guernica? It's in the no. Yeah, it's not in Prado. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like but, another um, museum. but it is in Madrid, right? It's in
1: Madrid, yeah. Yeah.
0: But but also like the Prado with all the like uh, Velasquez stuff. And oh, it would yeah. be really cool to visit. But I had like Guernica I had in it was funny I I I bought Guernica in a thrift store like a reproduction a really big reproduction yeah. when I was uh, sort of in my early teens or like 15 or something. And I wasn't really into like Picasso, like uh, I I thought it was really cool, but I didn't have any books or anything like that. But I just I I saw this. Uh, I knew I knew Guernica, and I saw this painting in a thrift store, That's uh, pretty good so find. I bought it. So I had it <laughs> ever since. I I had it like on my wall, and nice. I really love that painting as well.
1: Yeah, I found an old book. I think it's called the Genesis of a Painting, mm-hmm. and it's um, and I found it. I think I found it in the thrift store, but it's basically about Guernica, and it breaks it down from like, you know, start to finish. It's such a great book, and so, he did so many studies for that painting, and it's it's really fascinating. Like, you know, the roots of those images, and that he was pulling from other artists, and all the symbology, and he was he would like reference his own sketches and drawings. It was really I mean, it's a fascinating sort of uh, history and depth to that
0: painting. Yeah, I mean, it's very shilling when you when you look at the document fo- photographs by Dora Maar. Yeah. And and the stages and when you look at the like the charcoal drawing that's underneath, mm-hmm. there's basically no like hesitation in the line like it's a big it's a huge canvas but the line is like from the beginning it's sort of perfect like accurate like the whole drawing is like just made out like and that's crazy
1: (laughs) i know and then the, the really interesting thing about those photos is the painting is almost bigger than the studio. If yeah. I think it's like leaning, so it could fit in there.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. And <laughs> this I is think, like I, it's crazy. I mean, the production time of the painting I think was like two months or or one yeah. month or something. Uh, so and and if you know what you're doing, that is not. I mean, that is basically what you need to make such a painting. I I mean, I was into graffiti when I was younger. And that is like funny because nowadays when you can spend like a lot of time, you're making a big painting and think you need a lot of time. But then sometimes you remember that, okay, like I used to do this in a couple of hours or like 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, time's not
1: on your side. You have to be efficient when you're out there tagging because (laughs) unless you're doing a mural for someone, you can't set up shop. You know, you got to work quickly. Exactly. So and
0: that that experience is very useful later on because you just remember that you don't. If you know what you're doing, you just can. You can just do it. So you have to know what you're doing. But it's sometimes like it's easy to forget.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely. When did you get into that? Like in high school, at that age?
0: Uh, yeah, I guess uh, earlier. Uh, it's like junior high, or something. I think that was when. I, I mean, before that, I was like very much into comics and stuff. But I think that when I, I discovered that, that is when I, sort of purposely started. Like like drawing and and making stuff to to really like obsessively trying to make something good and 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 be better at it i, I like yeah. I, I think that w- that's when it started and then since that it has hadn't re- like it didn't really stop i mean it, it, like it transformed into other stuff
1: yeah yeah It's kind of like the process becomes like when you start working on something and And spending time on it and investing into it, you know, it becomes... Yeah, and also... It's like a different different speed, you know?
0: Yeah, and also that was like a sort of like a tradition that you came across and sort of a playing field where you can, like, discover yourself and discover what you want to achieve and stuff like that. So that also got me to you know, start more like uh, obsessively (laughs) do it more. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, A lot of people of the generation and of that time frame who got into tagging or comics and stuff like that were into skateboarding. Is that something you were into at all?
0: No, never. Uh, I guess it's a little bit had to do like what kind of environments you were in, but I I weren't. No, that's true
1: no yeah because that culture of music i mean what was the kind of music you were listening to in the era of you know the graffiti stuff and when you were starting to draw and get into that kind of creativity
0: yeah it was definitely hip-hop of course but yeah i mean i I, afterwards i like i if i had like came come across like breakdance i would really love that because i love like dancing but that was like i mean that wasn't around that was earlier like uh, when like hip hop and break dance and graffiti all those things were together the like the break dance thing sort of had disappeared by then
1: right yeah i guess it didn't last that long it's funny because i think i'm just a few years older than you but I mean breakdancing was it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like at the park ah. I would go to where we would play basketball cool. and like hang out. Yeah. It was cardboard boxes, beat boom boxes and like Houdini and you know, like rap like the old school okay. like UTFO and stuff and we would break dance. It was so much fun. But it, it did kind of move quickly, I feel like.
0: Yeah. It, were you did you grew up where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Pittsburgh. Mhm. Okay. So we and you know like six minutes from the city, so it was sort of like the outskirts of the city, and okay. uh, you know, it was pretty. It wasn't the most glamorous neighborhood, but <laughs> <Where is laughs> it
0: was a little Pittsburgh? rough around
1: the edges. Uh in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like in Western Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, it's a big, it's a big city. I mean, I live in New York and been here for you know twenty-five years. It's it's so it feels so small compared to New York, but. Mm-hmm you know it's not a tiny city by any means so and the home of Andy Warhol so there was always that too like the shadow of Andy was sort of everywhere uh-huh. which was he good.
0: he grew up there or yes uh-huh. yeah, yeah. he's from where I'm from
1: mm-hmm. yeah and Philip Pearlstein too uh-huh okay so good painters um so when you were about to graduate you know i mean at that point were you thinking like what was art making at that point? Was it sort of like, oh, I'm gonna pursue this. I'm gonna go to school for this, or were you, was it was a little more general, like a little more vague? Uh,
0: like graduating from high school, or yeah,
1: yeah, when you started to, de- when you can decide yourself, sort of like what you want to study and what you want to do.
0: Yeah, for sure. I was like totally obsessed by then.
1: Oh yeah, uh, you caught the bug.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. For sure, uh, but it was uh, like uh, I was sort of into a lot of different stuff, it wasn't like only one thing that I did, but uh, I, I continued with uh, graffiti in one way or another. But it was more like it sort of uh, transposed to something else. But we were doing stuff on walls uh, yeah. uh, and also painting and. Yeah, so so for sure. By then, it was, uh, what was I, what why, why, the thing I was into.
1: Right and like, what were your early paintings like when you were in school?
0: Uh, probably awful. I don't remember, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, and me both. <laughs> yeah, but I was yeah. You could say like. By then, I was into sort of, uh, what would you say, like uh, kind of naive imagery. Sure. Uh, like a little bit like it was, a, I, I, I had a friend, uh, talking to a friend wh- that I knew by, uh, by my, my, that I knew then, and he pointed out the tattoos and he said that like, th- that looks a little bit like the stuff we were doing then when we were painting like on walls, like doing, I mean, you could call it graffiti, but it was like a little bit different. Uh, uh, So that imagery sort of like found its way. Like it, it didn't really left me so to speak. And in a way you could say that I was into like, uh, that kind of imagery, uh, that maybe comes from... I don't know, it was, it was like a mixture of all the stuff that... Uh, like comics and... Uh, was into like 60s comics and... Uh, these uh, maybe... you know, Cobra... Uh, cobra artist imagery and... Uh, uh, I don't know, rune stones and all kinds of uh, naive... Imagery or uh, that I was into, uh, and it felt also like a little bit a thing in that time. Uh, that that kind of uh, imagery was very uh, was very was very present in, in a lot of art. What a lot of artists did, maybe.
1: Yeah, and uh, it, it also feels like the you know, in looking at your work, the art historical references that you're tapping into mm-hmm. also sort of, um, you know, is in dialogue with that kind of um, art making or aesthetic, you know what I mean? A little bit of like that naive, a little bit of sort of like, there's an element of cartoon or comic to it, but, you know, there's also this element of a sort of like a mannerist, tweaking of form and then there's an element of like a sculptural sort of three-dimensional aspect to it it's kind of like it feels like a blend of all that stuff
0: yeah the thing i was going to was that yeah i was into that kind of imagery uh, and also like i was super into like uh, an artist called Övin Fallström. it's a swedish artist. oh yeah yeah and you know that him yeah. He, yeah he lived in new york for a time yeah, and, I, uh, you
1: pronounced it way better than I ever would. Have yeah, done. it's uh, impossible <laughs> to
0: pronounce for like, an
1: American. <laughs> well, for for an American, yeah, my Swedish is nil.
0: <laughs> uh, but it's like uh, his his earlier works because later he was into a lot of political. I mean, th- those works are also great, but yeah. his his early works are very, uh, I know, very like. Uh, like, I don't know if graphic is the right word. Like, it's very, like, black and white kind of simple shapes. Uh, you know, lo- looks yeah. like letters. and Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, it's a like uh, sort of comic graphic novel. E- exactly.
0: Like, but yeah. abstract in a way. But And more right. like l- looking like language. And he just made collages. Yeah. In that kind of when imagery. Did, yeah.
1: When did you first see his work? Do you remember?
0: Uh... I don't I don't know he was he was sort of around if you were interested in art He was sort of around like maybe the modern museum of art had had some like in Sweden, like the modern museum in Sweden modern yeah. they had maybe a painting or something or and uh, It was like I, I, I read a, a Swedish comic uh, uh, Graphic graphic novel author named Joachim Piranen and and his uh, favorite artist was jo- uh, like Erwin Folström. and I think I I discovered him through through that and I just got interested in the name it was like a such a strange name and then I looked him up and uh, then I started to like that stuff uh, but anyway like that was a huge like influence then but also on the like on the other card it was like uh, I was super into. I had had become like very interested in, sort of, uh, you know, modernist painting. You can call it like first of all maybe like Picasso, but then, uh, like the earlier artists like Gauguin, I don't know Cezanne and and those stuff, and and really into just like painting, like. Uh, yeah
1: yeah like the physical side of it as well y- yeah right? exactly, because your yeah. your paintings uh, you use all oil right yeah. yeah yeah i there's a sort of really compelling um combination of different ways of painting and uh, you know when like if you look at a Cezanne and you think of that sort of like you know um Architectural approach to building up the image. Mm -hmm. Like, I see some of the elements of that kind of like building in a different way in your work. And then, you know, some of the skies have this kind of like abstract sort of gestural fluidity to it that's really nice. And then it's, and then these forms which you've, you know, which they're sort of so sculptural and heavy feeling. There's a real weight. That's why I thought it was funny. It's called Big Fat Summer. Because, <laughs> you know, there seems to be such a heft to these figures. But then these light sort of tattooed hieroglyphic, you know, images on the surface of it, which really takes it out of that element of maybe the genesis or like some of the inspirational um, imagery that that comes from. It, it's a, It's a really... You know, at first you could look at it and sort of like, I, to be honest, like when you first look at it, obviously the brain says like cubism, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or kind of like goes into that realm. But the more and more you look at it, you realize there's other, there's a lot of other stuff that you're tapping into and, and yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, did you, w- did it take you a long time to get to where this work is now or has it been a slow build or have you been sort of mining this territory for a while now?
0: I guess the both is true in a way, but you could really say that it took a long time. I, I mean, I had a hard time wrap my head around like art and painting in a way. I mean, I, I had a hard time to simplify the whole thing I uh, and, and to like concentrate on one thing and do one thing and, you know, just just do that good I, I try to to just make everything <laughs> like uh, I don't know to to understand the whole the whole thing in a way uh, and I guess I still in a way I still have that sort of problem that I just I ha- I sometimes have a hard time to to just do the simple thing I, I have to like grasp it all and i think that was what happened with painting for me because also like i was really into this modernist painters like 1900 painters uh but at the same time the the time i grew up with what wasn't like that it was like uh, (laughs) so contemporary art and that may be sort of confused, and I was also like uh, drawn to that, and thought that was interesting. The things I maybe saw, at, like uh, a contemporary artist was was doing, and uh, yeah. So a, a, and you know it it could be like very very complicated everything, and it was just like a like a. a, a, m- m- like a collision between a lot of stuff. So that yeah. took a while for me to, to figure out also you know, what 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 I was, where I was in, in all of that. <laughs> you know, yeah. and also, I mean, that was that, that was okay, but the thing that sort of was the hardest thing for me was like I, f- I, I didn't manage to do what I wanted to do in, in painting or like in expressing, you know, just doing like drawing and figures. And I I, I felt that I I couldn't do it like with, with freedom, like freely. And that started like pretty early. I just had this, like maybe up to, I don't know, my twenties or something. I, I was kind of, I didn't, I didn't care if I couldn't do it like accurately or something or it's exp- yeah. like but then at some point i just felt that i i really need to do this like with with some kind of you know nonchalance like do it i i really wanted to do it good <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and you know i i wasn't really i wasn't really super talented in that in that respect you know i i wasn't like a very good draftsman, or you know it wasn't easy for me to to
1: yeah it's not like it came easy you had to really put the work in no
0: no and and the thing is that i got like super obsessed with that and uh yeah and you know spent uh, like years trying to figure that out i i mean i still do uh but i think i was i became really really obsessed with that and and from and and by that by that time I, I started, you know, discover like maybe from modernism, like and then I, I looked at maybe Cezanne and from Cezanne, I looked at Poisson and and then all, you know, the Renaissance painters and, you know, I, I got into old art as well and look yeah. at composition and, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, and that took me like... I mean, and that was kind of a rabbit hole. So, which sort of delayed the the process of uh, developing my own kind of language as well. Because, uh, you know, I had to just... Uh, I had to get out of there.
1: <laughs> yeah, you. Have, it's almost like... I mean, a lot of times, that's what can be really good about school. Like, when you're studying is that you're around so much stuff, you're getting so much input, conceptual critique, yeah. and you're looking at so much that you, it's almost like you have to work it all out, you know, like exercise the demons, get go through all those things, and you know, because I teach, and a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. off students who, you know, get frustrated because they, they their influence is way heavy on their work, and they want to sort of Um, progress from that but it takes those 10,000 hours you know like you got to put that time in to like work through to it's almost like you have to work your way into or at least if you're you know like I feel I I relate to that idea of not just being so gifted at drawing or painting that it just flows out and it's just like a choice you know so I got to really work at what I do and I think I've gotten pretty good at what I do but I'm not you know not some savant or something. So you have to put those hours in and you have to, to work through those different ways of painting to sort of develop your own personal language, you know. And it's hard to, you know, snap your fingers and you got it. It takes time,
0: you know. Yeah, and I also think that it depends a little bit of what you... I mean, I wanted really to 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 make it, like, flow out. Like, I, I wanted to make it effortlessly. Uh And maybe... Not everyone, like, w- care about that. But I just, I, I couldn't stand it being, like, not like that. Yeah. So I just had to arrive at a point where I could do whatever I want and move in any direction, like with form and, and line and, and, and figure. I, it was, like, a, just a, a need for me to do that. And I think that's the reason why I couldn't let it go and just thought, okay, well, <laughs> uh, like just move on.
1: Uh, right. Just be like, well, I'm not going to go there. Or I'm not going to do that. So I'll just stay in my lane here and just do this thing.
0: Yeah, I had yeah, to. I really wanted to. I really wanted to quit, you know. I really wanted to like just uh, be released from that. Uh, stuff and and like do just uh, starting to i don't know started to just expressing myself or something Uh, but it was i I couldn't let go you know
1: yeah i think we all well we all have like a internal desire or checklist or need you know what i mean that sometimes it's odd at odds with our hand or our brain but it's almost like i just have to work this way i have a friend who was like you know, basically, like, he made photo-realist paintings of, mm-hmm. of, like, close-ups of his eyes and hands. And he he was an amazing painter, but it was so slow. The process was mm-hmm. so slow mm-hmm. that he would do, basically, like, a painting every six months. Mm-hmm. And it drove him bonkers, because he, he didn't want to be so slow. No. But when he tried to be quicker and, like, simplify it, it just didn't feel like him. Like, he felt, like, disconnected. No. So, it was a real struggle, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I I think for myself, it all comes from, I was talking about this nonchalance or effortlessly, like effortlessness that Mm -hmm. I sort of, I wanted to have that kind of almost like you do something without caring about what you do and and almost like you're doing it as like a joke, like everything is a joke for you, (laughs) sort of. (laughs) Like, you just, uh, and, and I was sort of wanted to do that, and I couldn't, you know. I, I would like to do it from the beginning. Uh, like, but so it's funny that, I it, it, I mean, it took me so long to do it to just be like a joke.
1: <laughs> right, right. And then you see other people who seemingly work that way. yeah, yeah. Although yeah. it could be a struggle. And you feel so jealous. You're like, oh, man, that... You know, like when you look at like David Trigley and you're like, oh, that looks so fun. It looks so easy, but it's not easy at all. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, it's like almost like comedy, like coming up with that must be so difficult. But, you know, some people make it look so effortless and just, you know, like they're just having fun with it. And I think that's a real talent too, you know. Mm. But yeah, I I feel like um, your work does it it has elements of, you know, the accomplishment of the way that you're painting, but it also has a playfulness to it, and it, it has, like, a little bit of a subversive element to it. You know, it's kind of like... um, It's tapping into all that stuff, really. I mean, and, and the way that you'll sort of move between things that are a little more iconic and then scenes that are a little more complicated, um, is that something that's hard to, like go back and forth from there's like some that looks like sort of like sculptural you know figures or like a figure a single sort of and then there's these scenes with like a lot of complicated stuff
0: going on yeah for sure i think that is like uh, really yeah maybe a major uh, dichotomy or something in my works like that moving back and forth between like complex and and uh, very simple stuff and 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 it's sort of you tell different stuff. And you if you have something very simple, you can slow down sort of time maybe and and also like you can tell a story you can tell something. Uh, And when you When you do something complicated, it's more like you are creating a pattern that, that, you know, the, like the audience is sort of woven into, uh, and like caught into like a web or something. Uh, and it's not really about it, it, that it's more like about music or, or, or maybe, uh, like rhythm and melody and 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 the story is more abstract in a way i think
1: (laughs) yeah no i love that it's like compositional differences you know like you'll have a song where it's like voice and it's the narrative of the lyrics and it's sort of a minimal background music so it's really like that that takes the center stage and there's other more instrumental where there's a lot more stuff going on you know it's Uh, kind of like using both ways
0: yeah and I really like the idea of I mean I, I, I like both but I really like the like the idea of a, you know the iconic work or like an iconic image that really catches one and, and, and you remember it and you can talk about it and you know and you, you have these elements of both like visually but also like thematically or it just has something that That works really good. Uh, Whereas in a very complex image, maybe you can have that as well. I mean, if you think of uh, Guernica as a kind of a complex picture, but it's also very iconic. So you could have it both, I guess. Uh, And that maybe is the best thing. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: think it's probably really hard to get. I mean, even Picasso and his work, you know, I feel like there weren't, well, I don't know, This is someone who's an expert on Picasso would probably kick me in the ass, but um, I feel like, you know, there's less images like that where it's that complex of a image that's so iconic, you know, I think mm-hmm. it has a lot to do with what that painting was of. I mean, Las yeah. Meninas is kind of like that, you know, it's, it's yeah, an epic sure sort of sure. but then there's a lot of the like the bathers ones and you know these portraits where it's a little more sort of like iconic and straightforward i mean that i guess it's like a burgundy color room that you had the pieces in where it was like mm-hmm. the sort of statue portraits you know those yeah. felt so like refreshingly different in a way because they were zoomed in and it was like this one thing and the light was really nice in those mm-hmm. and then you have like these multi figure sort of like twisted things together it's it's kind of a nice combination between the two yeah yeah
0: Uh, yeah i'm glad if it if it worked (laughs) you never know if it's going to work but i'm glad if 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 someone felt it worked to have the two in the same show
1: yeah it looked good um one thing i was curious about too is uh what's your relationship to technology because you know in looking at work that Obviously, is like oil painting. It's tapping into art history. There's a real reverence for the medium and stuff. I can imagine you being a real sort of like Luddite and not being very interested in drawing on the computer or, you know, that. But maybe these are all drawn out on the computer. I have no idea. So what's your your tech relationship?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I I... I use, I use like uh, computers a lot of as an aid, like in photography, like I, I'm not, I'm not sketching on my computer, but I, sometimes I do like compositional rearrangements on the computer, like in the last, last minute or something Yeah. just to try th- stuff out. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, like against it in any way. Uh, but I I really like the idea. I think one thing I like with oil painting is that even though I, I use the computer quite a lot sometimes, I could just skip it. I mean, it I'm not com- like I'm not dependent on it at all, and I just love the idea. Of you you don't even need electricity to paint in oil. Right. I mean, you you don't you don't even need running water to paint in oil. I mean, you need practically like almost nothing (laughs) it's very very like uh, uh, primal uh, in that way and i just love the idea and i think that's why i stick with it because you have this feeling of independency Uh, and and i think also that is the reason why i've never sort of dive into making uh, digital art or even though i can be interested in it but i just like it's just that dependency of electricity of uh, that your stuff that your software is working and (laughs) your connection is good and and all of that stuff and uh i mean that's okay for everyday life but like for me like making art i just love that feeling of you could basically sit in a cave you know with a torch (laughs) and you can do what like sort of whatever like the same thing i do now like so that is in a my dark, b- yeah. in a
1: dark bunker. Okay. <laughs> with <Exactly>. No light. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, like I'm, I'm stating now.
1: <laughs> Except you have a computer, but who's counting? Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> but yeah, research, I'm sure you're I mean, yeah. we all
0: seem to do
1: research on the computer these days.
0: Yeah, of course, or and the phone, I, I, I know say. I, I print out uh, stuff, I, sometimes I print out my own paintings that has gone away like to have in my studio and look at them that's great yeah Uh, yeah and uh, yeah recently I I, I actually started to make these just generated pictures like with AI oh yeah Uh, and it's great for just having these random the randomness of it and to just like produce like a lot of images uh, and just look at them I don't really know if they're gonna like in what way they're going to sh- like affect my work it's is it, they're just there in a way to like a uh, sort of a, a random a random thing yeah <laughs> like so a fire like images, place. right <laughs> yeah like fire like looking at fire and diff- like the <laughs> the flames is just moving
1: <laughs> right yeah yeah i think that that's really going to be one of the uses that people find in it for artists too is like, because, you know, at the beginning of all these things, it's always like the death of like, Oh, this is a death of painting or this is the death of art making or whatever. Same thing with the camera. This is the death of painting or you don't need it anymore. This is the death of art. Same thing with TVs. No one's Mm -hmm. ever going to look at a painting or a sculpture anymore because you have screens and it, it never happens. It just, you know, becomes, you know, it usurps its, its usage into whatever works best for art making. So I think people just use it as like a sketching tool. It's the same thing when the internet happened. You know, I remember before the internet, I had to use, go to the image library, the New York Public Library image library up on, oh, yeah. like by Bryant Park, and you wow. would have to, there were just folders of printouts of images. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you wanted to paint a copy machine, mm-hmm. you could go there. You look up in the card catalog, copy machine. You go to a folder, and there's a bunch of pictures of copy machines that are printed out, and you <laughs> could go photocopy them.
0: Wow, <laughs> which, that's, which that's is basically uh, yeah. the
1: same thing as the internet. Yeah, it's yeah. just way more cumbersome.
0: <laughs> yeah, it also like, it, son- it, seem like, uh, it sounds like it sounds kind of nice also to have like this oh it was great Yeah. yeah. Just, but I'm. Mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, there was some, there's something sometimes nice about, you know, limitations. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. when I used to play music and we recorded music, we would have like an 8-track, or if you go into the studio, you only have a certain amount of time and instruments, you know? Now everyone has this, and you can just do as many tracks. Like, there's the limits are endless. And sometimes that can be daunting, you know? You, you, when you have limitations, it can really spur creativity sometimes.
0: Yeah, and I mean I mean it's like it's impossible to foresee where where it's gonna lead with all this new kind of technology and, and it's gonna be like all these very interesting stuff gonna come up. But I, I I think that my like my basic relation to it has to do with that my relation to art is also that. Is like very, very physical and very tactile and just that to remain that feeling of uh, that independence is going to probably like continue to inform what I do. Yeah, like it's going to be in the center and then there might be like stuff that's going to be like in the in the parameters uh, that has to do with technology. But I think at the core I'm 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 very much into this physical thing.
1: Yeah, and I think historically that's the relationship of painting to the world. You know, all this stuff in the world's happening, you know, planes are invented and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, computers are invented and highways, whatever it is, and then we're just here. You can still be in your little cave, you know, making with paint, just making pictures that are influenced by all that in our experience, but it just in a way, we almost need this weird, wacky sort of evolution of like our society and technology and all that stuff because uh the work is always relevant in the midst of whatever's changing in the world. Otherwise everyone just be doing the same thing over and over again. It'd be boring.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah.
1: So here's uh here's my last question for you. Mm-hmm. When you're in the studio working Are you a music guy? Are you a silence? Are you a books on tape? Are you a TV person? What do you like whenever you're working?
0: Yeah, I'm definitely a a music guy. I listen to music most of the time. When I do like uh, sort of uh, more repetitive stuff, I can listen to to podcasts. Oh, yeah. Uh, But otherwise, I listen to music.
1: And do you is it related to what you are working on, or is it like hype up music, or do you like chill stuff? Like, what do you like in the studio, or is it all craft work?
0: Uh, no, it no, it's not. Could you imagine? No, it's not. Yeah, but nothing can, but craft be, work. But yeah, but uh, no, it, it's it's funny. It's like uh, a lot of like classical music too, because it just like creates this kind of soothing environment for the brain. I think, Uh, but that's more like uh, oiling a machine, sort of. Right. Uh, But then also like uh, a lot of music that has to do with the work, in a way, uh, and what I want to, where I want to, like head in the work. Like for an exhibition, it could be a record or an artist uh, or uh, a music sort of. Sub genre that I'm into, someone just like to like inform the the feeling I want to gravitate towards, in a way. Yeah,
1: no, uh, I totally get that. I'll do that sometimes. Where at home, I'm in like I'm listening to whatever new is out or some music that I'm into or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then in the studio, if my if the vibe of my show that I'm working on is going to be you know X Y or Z, then I'll almost curate the music to get that yeah, yeah, vibe enhanced. Exactly. You know. It's kind but, of fun. It adds an environment to it that feels supportive in a way.
0: For this show, like in uh, the show At The Hole in New York, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, <laughs> I had the song Tropical Hot Dog Night uh, by Captain <laughs> Beefheart. I was nice. listening to that a lot. And it had something that I wanted to like tap into. It just, uh, it was, it, it is something with that song that I wanted to, like, to come through in the works.
1: Yeah. It's funny because, I mean, I love that. I never would have thought, because I was, in looking at the show, i think, I don't know, like, classical made sense to, and then there's something jazzy about some of the forms and, like, some of the, you know, the modernist sort of work that was being made in that era there was like, you know, jazz was a sort of companion to that as far as the avant-garde, but like Beefheart totally makes sense in a way I mean it, it's, I'm gonna have to listen, it's been a long time yeah, yeah, but
0: it, from, for me it's like also like when it has like with the music it it's sort of, it both music that are like jazz, it could be jazz, but it could also be uh like as i said like uh, classical music or uh, or hip-hop you know structural music music Mm -hmm. that are very like about structure and about uh, melodies and complete complicated stuff going into a structure and playing with a structure so that is like what i'm listening to the most i think but then occasionally i have these kind of disturbing stuff that i just put in there that informs like that speaks about something something else or some just a feeling or some kind of uh f- like a fragrance or something,
1: yeah, no, I could totally see that um that one painting of the six toes just like killed me. I don't know there's something about <laughs> there's something about the way that you're breaking up some of the forms that it's really I don't know beef heart it's funny because that there's like some. In triangulating all that, it kind of makes perfect sense. <laughs> I have to go back and see the show again with all that in my mind. And yeah, speaking so. of which, so the, the show's up, is it through the 17th? Is that correct? Exactly, yeah. So, so the end of the week, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. This is the last week,
1: yeah. Okay. So when people hear this, they'll have a couple days left to make sure they run out and see the show. And then do you have anything else that you want to promote the coming up or where people can find your work?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I'm. I'm doing a solo booth uh, at uh, an art fair called uh, Chart Art Fair uh, in Copenhagen. Nice. Uh, with my Swedish gallery Stenslam Berliner, so that is in uh, in the end in the end of August. I think it starts the twenty sixth. I think. Nice. So that is what I'm working with now, and that's yeah, that's my next show. It's that's great, great. Oh, I yeah. love
1: I loved Denmark it's so yeah, nice yeah. there I've sure. never been to Sweden I'd love to go but I, I was I did a gig at the Royal Academy in Denmark and it was such a beautiful city really yeah, nice yeah it's great that'll be a great experience or you're gonna go to it right yeah yeah
0: for sure nice
1: well congratulations on the uh, the big fat summer it, it was a great show thank you it's a great show <laughs> yeah and uh, it was uh, great thanks so much for taking the time out. it was really cool to talk to you
0: Ah, oh, thanks for having me.
1: Sound and Vision is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Brian Alfred. You can check out more about the podcast by going to the website soundandvisionpodcast dot or on Instagram at soundandvisionpodcast. You can find out more about my work at brianalfred dot net or at Alfred Studio. Many thanks to Leo for taking the time to talk from Sweden. The show up at the whole Gallery only has a couple days left, so try to get over there to try back and check it out. And if you can't see that, you can check out his work at Chart Art Fair coming up. Many thanks to Golden Artist Colors for their sponsorship. I'm working on a sort of double solo show situation for next March at Miles McHenry Gallery i'm in the thick of it and i just got a bunch of golden paint i'm getting some more golden paint to make it all happen you know the deal it's my favorite paint i think it's the best stuff they also do oil colors with uh, wingsburg oil colors core watercolors the whole bit check out their stuff also thank you to fulcrum coffee roasters which i am drinking right now it's really good coffee do the subscription thing have it delivered to your door It'll come like every two weeks. You could choose the the frequency you get it delivered, but it's so nice you don't even have to go out and buy your beans. It just comes to you, and they have a lot of different kinds, and it's all really good. So check them out, Fulcrum Coffee, and if you use Alfred Studio Code, you get a discount on your order. Also, many thanks to the New York Studio School. Check out their marathon programs. If you can support this podcast, there's a couple big ways you can do it. One is to leave a rating and review on whatever platform. Another is to get the book, Why I Make Art, Contemporary Artist Stories About Life and Work. It's the book about the podcast. And the easiest way, you can just tell a friend, share it. Um, All these artists are really, in my book, amazing and great to talk to. And it's a privilege to be able to share their stories with you, so the more people who know about it who are interested in art and can share it the better so i thank you guys for being very supportive of the podcast got some really cool people coming up and some old friends that i'm talking to and some new people i've never met so make sure you subscribe to the podcast and keep listening